Welcome to the Final Percent Podcast, and today it is my honor, my privilege, my absolute pleasure to bring to you a new, but it kind of feels like an old friend of mine because we're cut from the same cloth, Mr. Bob Snyder himself. Thank you so much, Bob, for for joining me on the podcast today. Greg, I'm thrilled to be here with you. And, uh, you know, I, I've missed you. I mean, you know, we, we got back from Africa like a week ago and uh, it's just not been the same. No, it has. Well, and, you know, it's 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 funny when you have a new person in your life that you can tell you share same principles, values, but a love of gadgetry. <laughs> and I find myself because I had so much fun picking your brain and, 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 and going back and forth and talking about things that we can accomplish. I'll find myself like, man, I really, I really just want to talk to Bob. I wonder what innocuous technology I can just text him about because I want to talk to him. He's just such a cool guy. Yeah, we, so, we, we I, I told you when you got there, I said, you know, the biggest challenge with me is that I've got all this cool gadgetry and I've got all this great equipment. Um, because I've got a decent sized checkbook, but I don't know how to use it that well. <laughs> so it makes, it creates the perception that I actually know what I'm doing. <laughs> In reality, not so much. So getting with you, Greg, was such a pleasure because man, you were like, well, this is what you got to do. And this is how you got to do it. And I mean, when we went out to do astrophotography, I'm, I'm taking lessons from the master going, okay, how do I make this happen? How do I get the best shot? It was, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was so absolutely life-changing for me. And, you know, the fact that I always tell one, someone asked me one time, you know, Greg, what is, you know, what do you think the best thing that has helped you be successful in life? And one of the things that I tell them, as I said, for whatever reason, I'm a fantastic people collector. For whatever reason, I attract just unbelievable people that sometimes I'm like, how is this person my friend? I cannot believe this. This is so exciting. And, you know, and now I have this other awesome person in my life and, uh, you know, we'll just jump into it. You know, we went to Africa together, like 13 hours a day, like shooting animals. And to be very clear with cameras, that's we don't right. want to, we're not trying to get canceled in today's day and age. It was with cameras, guys. Don't be uh, scared. We, we're, we're fine here. Uh, but 13 hours a day, basically going on the world's best <sighs> hide-and-go-seek treasure hunt. And You know, that's a great way to put it, too. I mean, it's a hide-and-go-seek treasure hunt. Because yeah. that's just what we did. Fortunately, we had a lot of help because we were with a group of guides with the party that we were, yeah. we were with. And uh, they would all uh, get on the radios and network back and forth. Otherwise, man, I don't know where, how in the world we would have found everything we found. It was insane. Well, I will say that during, during and, and I'm so happy I have footage of this. During us going out there, uh, Bob Tierney, convince the driver to let Bob Snyder drive the the safari vehicle and I'm just going to be honest with you our our guide was not ready for how Bob Snyder drives so much so that I look back at Edwin 
And, and I said, Hey, how are you doing? He goes, I can't look now. I need to concentrate. And I'm like, no, he's driving. It's fine. And the funny thing is when we told you about that, you're like, I was just driving. And I was, I was taking it pretty mellow. All I could think was I need to get Edwin back here to the States and strap him into uh, my, my Maverick X3. And then I can take him for a ride. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I, I think we would have to invest in some depends because uh, I don't know if he is ready for you on your course in your vehicle, but uh, I, I just want to be there to be able to film that. That would be so fun. Well, but, uh, yeah, that would be fun. It was an absolute blast. And, and, you know, for everybody kind of tuning in, let me tell you, you need to put this on your bucket list. It is to go to Kenya during the great animal migration. Yes. I mean, certainly any time of year to go down there and just experience, I mean, the awesomeness and the spiritualness of Africa is, is a plus. But years ago, I went uh, and I did a photo safari in South Africa. Mm. And we went to one of the most famous and, uh, and well-preserved uh, private reserves for animals down there. But we had an absolute blast. And as a first impression, I thought it was over the top. And I came back, you know, just nothing but grins and giggles. Mm -hmm. Then we go on the Kenya great animal migration. I have never in my life experienced anything like it. I've never seen animals like this. I mean, as far as the eye could see, there were, there were, uh, were wildebeests and zebras and giraffes and elephants and I mean, the, the number of predators, the hyenas and the lions and the, and the leopards and the cheetahs, they were everywhere. It was insane. Yeah. We had the best time ever. And when I told my wife that I was spending anywhere between nine to 13 hours every single day in a land cruiser, you know, searching for animals and taking pictures, she thought that has got to be so boring. That just sounds <laughs> terrible after the first day. But yet every day we were, we were rushing to the Jeeps to load up our gear, to get out on the road and out on the Savannah again. Yeah. It yeah. It's, it was, it was such an interesting thing. Cause you know, I, I didn't know what to expect and that's kind of part of the thrill. Um, but just the, the idea of the fact that we had no idea what we were going to see, mm -hmm. but we were going to see nature actually happening. And yeah. we were going to, to, to find things and experience things that just is literally not possible unless you get out and move. Right. And, you know, that's one of the things that I told my wife is I said, I couldn't have that experience unless I have that word inside of me move. And it's something that I talk a lot about, you know, I, I hear this word, I, I feel like God tells me this word all the time. And I wait for this nudge, because if I want to do something and I'm unsure, I'm telling you that there's this feeling where God's like, move. And I have a nine month old, as of yesterday, he's nine months. And so I, I was about 50-50 when Bob Tierney invited me to go to Kenya um, cause I was like, man, I don't want to leave Kayla alone for two weeks and newborn. And should I go? Should I? but I heard that word move. And I think that a lot of people are, you know, waiting for a sign, waiting for the perfect moment, waiting for all of these things, you know, was it the perfect time? No, not even close, but oh my goodness. I am so happy that I went. And I think that, you know, in business, especially people are waiting to move. And then, you know, 
they wake up a year later or 18 months later or two years later, they're in the same spot. And it's because they were waiting for perfection and they were waiting for someone to tell them to move. So I'm just going to, you know, throw this out there. If you're listening to this right now, whoever you are, this is your sign right here. If you've been waiting for a sign, this right here is your sign. You need to move on whatever you've been waiting to do because, you know, I've had all of the best experiences of my life. Why? Because I was willing to move. And, you know, that was one of the things I told Kayla. I said, I'm so glad I listened to it. And I'm so glad she trusted my gut feeling of I need to do this. So it was it was pretty incredible. And, you know, night photography, how, yeah. how you know, that was incredible, right? Oh, that was fantastic. We actually had to uh, we had to hire a park ranger to go out with us um, with a gun because the only way that they would allow us outside of the vehicle, especially at night when all the predators are out, is if we had a ranger there that could uh, protect us and ensure our safety. And, uh, you know, we, we just thought that was kind of cool because it just added to the ambiance of the whole thing. But in all of his years and he talked about some really harrowing experiences where he had to protect guests while they were, you know, in the uh, the reserve, he says he's never had an experience where somebody hired him so that they could do astrophotography at night <laughs> in the middle, you know, of Sambora. That's yeah. that was that was kind of a first for him. So we uh, we chalked one up and felt pretty good about that. Yeah. And and I mean, it's all about that. I mean, we and we had already been in a, a, a car for 13 hours that day and then we go out for another two hours that night and it's all because we were willing to move and that experience I had so many people tell me I wish I would have done that oh and and the other people who were in our group the the son the father with the 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 boys oh we should have done that and you know so many people spend so much of their life saying shoulda woulda coulda and right. then they I mean you know I love what Tony Robbins says he says don't should all over yourself right just 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 move and um i i actually said this in the podcast yesterday because i was really excited that i get to talk to you um and uh i said you know it's weird how the dots in life never connect moving forward mm -hmm. and so we spend so much of our time in the land of how and how is this going to work how is this going to work how 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 and then you don't actually move but I had this girl sign me up for this crazy thing called Renatus after I signed up uh, at the Boulder Country Club. And then I meet this crazy guy named Bob Tierney, who <laughs> takes me to this crazy guy named Bob Snyder's house. And then he puts me in a Tesla and we become great friends. He hires me as a coach. And then somehow I'm in Kenya with the owner of this amazing real estate education company. And now he, I can call him friend. And it's all because I, I, I said yes. It's all because I was like, hey, I want to get educated, raise my awareness. And the dots are only going to connect if I look backwards and I trust yeah. my gut. And you know what? Just... And that gut check is very important. You know, let's talk a little bit about that concept of move because you've, you've really hit on that. I, I relate that so well to so many experiences that we had in, in Africa. Mm -hmm. um, you got to think about each of the predators out there. I mean, well, what we view as cruel and sometimes difficult to watch is you know the way that they live life and if they are not moving they are dying because they're not going to capture their prey and they're not going to be able to move on 
When I think about, we were there for the great animal migration, and that consists of about 1.5 to 2 million wildebeest and zebras that uh, are moving through Kenya and Tanzania. And they're moving because they, they consume all of the grasslands as they go. So they just, they're like one big mass of mowing machines. And they just, they just mow the grasses down to stubble, um, you know, wherever they go. And then they have to keep moving. There's a famous river there that they all have to cross. And it's the river crossings that are sometimes the most exciting and the most dangerous mm -hmm. because that's where the predators hang out because they know they're going to be coming across. That's where the lions are. That's where the leopards are. That's where the cheetahs are. That's, that's where you find the crocodiles, you know, uh, doing their thing. And we had an extraordinary experience being able to witness the wildebeest as they came down in and the zebras come down first. They're like the leaders of the tribe, right? Mm -hmm. And they come down in and they, they point the wildebeest in the right direction. And then the zebras just kind of kick back and wait for them to take the risk. But we saw indecision and what a role that played because they were so skittish. They would rush down this mountain, down, down this, this little ravine into the water. They would get two inches into the water, literally. And then they would all just kind of pile up. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and they'd wait for someone to be brave enough, to be bold enough, to be courageous enough to, uh, to go into the water and commit themselves to the crossing. And then if one of the wildebeest did that, then the rest would follow. We watched them go down the hill and then rush back up the hill seven times mm -hmm. before they committed themselves to finally making the crossing. And inside of, gee, a minute, two minutes, you know, they're all across, but, but it was that indecision that allowed the predators to then gather because mm -hmm. they went down and they went up. And they stood up at the top and they're like, okay, who's going to be brave enough to go down again? And then as soon as somebody did, they'd all rush down to the water and then they'd stand there and they'd look around and they'd check things out and then they'd rush back up to the top. Crocodiles are coming in. The predators are coming in. Everyone is gathering. The risk is becoming greater as, as they go through this, this back and forth, back and forth of indecision mm -hmm. to where, you know, a lot of the opportunity they had for safe crossing became null and void because of their indecision. And I think that's a really great lesson in life. I believe not only do we need to move, but once we've moved, we, be need, we need to become immovable in our decision. Mm -hmm. Too many individuals get involved with business. They get involved with opportunity. They get involved with a relationship, whatever it might be. And they don't commit themselves to the process to find out over time whether or not this truly is the path they need to take. I call it, you know, kind of shiny object syndrome. Mm -hmm. And I see that all the time from folks where, where, uh, you know, they say, well, I'm going to go this direction. And then pretty soon they're like, Ooh, but this looks cool over here. And then they go, Whoa, but if I do that, that'll even be more awesome. And in the process of doing it, they lose all momentum and they are in a repetitive cycle of starting over, which then creates a negative downward spiral that impacts their life and their business and their emotional and, and physical health. And the only way for you to reverse a negative downward spiral is to take positive action against it. So not only move, but once you've moved, become immovable, mm. commit yourself to the process so that you can achieve the success you're looking for. Yeah. I, I, I think that that is, I remember the first time my dad kind of helped illustrate this. Cause I went to my dad and I've been a singer my whole life. I went to my dad and I said, Hey dad, 
what kind how how good do you think I am at singing scale from one to ten and he looks at me and he says uh probably a two and I said I've been I have to be better than a two and I mean at the time I pro- I'm better now um but I was not a two but he said let me tell you why I think you're a two Greg and he said on pure talent you are an incredible singer the problem is you put about 20% of your energy behind your talent. Mm. And he goes, so if you, your 20% energy with 100% of your talent goes up against most people, you're going you're gonna to be better than them. Absolutely. However, you're going to meet somebody who's as talented as you, but they put 100% of their energy behind their talent. That becomes a skill. And until you can do that, you are not going to live up to your potential. And he goes, so how good of a singer you are versus your potential, you're a two. And I went, I didn't understand it then. It makes so much more sense now. But I think very similarly, people do that because they're making what I call declarations. Now, declaration only becomes a decision if you take consistent action. And so a lot of people are saying, oh, I'm going to, they'll, they'll put on Facebook. Oh, I'm doing, I'm doing real estate guys. Okay. Well, that was one of the wildebeest running down to the water, but then they don't do anything. They don't get educated. They don't actually take action. So they ran back to the top. Then they make another Facebook post. Hey guys, just want to let you know, I'm thinking about joining this community. They run back to the water, (laughs) but they don't take action. They run back up. And so they keep making these declarations that are largely ceremonial and it was so interesting we we were finding so many business principles when we were going through africa it was so funny because we were going we were saying things like oh like we're gonna have to start looking at certain people we're like oh they've been wilderbeasted and so we, (laughs) we were saying certain things like that because we watch these same patterns happen in humanity and we think that we're so much smarter but we're driven by a lot of the same things and you're right and the other thing that i found interesting that first wilderbeast that moves that runs across is actually one of the ones that's guaranteed to make it because the crocodile doesn't necessarily know exactly where they're crossing yet and the hippos and every they're not ready because they're trying to figure out where they're going to be so the first one almost always makes it across it's all the people who start following and then they can zero in on what's going on then the crocodile's like oh this is a buffet <laughs> and and i just i i found it so interesting because i'm looking at this thing happening and i'm going and it's plain as day for us because we're just like just go just right. run. <laughs> you'll be fine <laughs> you'll be fine and 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 i thought it was really interesting the natural you know hierarchy that started presenting itself as we went through there we i found i didn't know i always thought that the most dangerous animal was actually the hippo we found out that it was the cape buffalo yeah. um and then you know a lion definitely they do walk around like they're king of the king of the plains and 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 the the serengeti if you will however if they run up on an elephant the lion quickly runs away um and then a lion just looks like it's like the ninja of the jungle but we we actually watched a female lion come to the base of a tree where a leopard had a kill up in it 
And the leopard was so scared of this female lion. It climbed as high as it could. And then it peed everywhere because it was so scared. Yeah. And I was going, man, if I look like that leopard, there's nothing that could make me go pee. Well, <laughs> maybe a lion could actually. And that's, it's just weird to watch these things naturally happen. Yeah. And, and, you know, watching nature equip itself to keep moving forward, I thought was incredible. And, um, you know, one of the things I would love to touch on, because everyone always asks me, and I'm going to ask you the question first, um, and then I'll tell you what it was for me. But there's, they're saying, Greg, you keep saying that this changed your life. Okay, well, what was your what was your takeaway? What changed your life? What changed your life? And uh, so I'm going to ask you that first, then I'll tell you what what mine was. Oh, my goodness, what changed my life? There, there were so many moments that had an impact on me. And mind you, let me just back up because so many times I think we, we use phrases like what changed your life? You know, how are you going to impact and change the world? Sometimes we really overcomplicate it because little things along the way can make such a big impact. Um, I'll never forget an experience I had with my daughter, Jackie. I mean, you know, she's grown, she's a real estate investor. She's got a great business. Um, her and her husband, you know, are cranking now, but when she was a little girl, you know, about uh, seven, eight years old, I can remember being out in the yard with her. And she said, she said, dad, I can change the world. And I was like, you bet you can, man. I want to give her positive reinforcement and help encourage her along the way. Yes, you will. You'll be amazing. She says, no, I can change the world right now. And I was like, okay, I'm game. You know, how are you going to do that? And she bent down and she scooped up in her little hand a little bit of dirt, which left an impression. And then next to it, she let the dirt go, which created a little hill. And she said, see? Oh, my goodness. And I thought, oh, my God, how often I overcomplicate the process. So when you ask a powerful question like that, I mean, you know, how is this life changing? I can point to so many experiences because each of those experiences helped me to become more of who I am and helped me to, you know, understand that my mission is long-term, you know? Um, so I'll give you one example. This was a perfect example of, of a teaching moment. The wildebeest, they are definitely a follow the leader group. I mean, they really are. And what happens is, is that they will all congregate. And they'll just be, you know, grazing and doing their thing. And then for some reason, one of them will decide to just bust out and start running. And as soon as one starts running, others start to follow until the entire herd is following this one. The unfortunate thing is the one really doesn't know where he's going. He just wanted to go for a run. The rest of them decided to join because they're like, well, everybody else is going that direction. So I think we should go that direction too. We got to keep up. So, you know, fear of missing out becomes a big, uh, a big thing there. What I learned from that is this, it confirms to me that the masses, the masses will always wait until an opportunity to become self-evident before they get involved. They've got to have the crowd, you know, rushing in that direction. It's the reason why the masses will never dine with the classes. And oh, it's because wow. of the choices that they have made along the way. And, uh, and I look at that and I think, you know what, we've got an unprecedented opportunity that is unfolding right now. Yeah. We, we're seeing a market correction. 
inflation is going up, uh, interest rates are going up as the Fed is trying to cool the economy. And, and you know what, what that means. They're trying to push the economy into recession so that they can control pricing. Yeah. And, and people get so nervous about that. They get so afraid about that, that, that what they do is they immediately go to fear, mm-hmm. right? And because they go to fear, they don't think clearly. Mm-hmm. And, and what happens is if you go to fear, well, you know, after a while, you kind of live in that space, that state for long enough that you become aware of it. You accept it as the new reality. Mm-hmm. But individuals get stuck in that new reality rather than wanting to push forward into production, mm-hmm. rather than pushing forward into achieving something and doing something, rather than pushing forward into leading, you know, the group rather than following from behind. Mm-hmm. So I just think about that one lesson. And you know what? It confirmed to me so much of what I've already known and believed, but it created such a visual that it will impact everything I do going forward. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, I often, when, when people are kind of conversing with me for the first time and they say, you know, Greg, what do you think the most important thing that you can teach me in, you know, two minutes or less is? And I said, honestly, I think I need to adjust your relationship with fear. And they Mm -hmm. go, what do you mean? And I say, fear is a really interesting thing. Fear in my world is nothing more than something telling you something's about to change. That's it. That's all fear is. So therefore, fear doesn't need to translate to scared because scared is mortal danger. Scared is a tiger is sitting next to you. Yeah, that is scary. I I like my arms. Um, But we don't need to let it translate to scared because why scared translates into scarcity So therefore you can't live in a land of abundance. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing, if what's about to change, if if it's just a warning sign or a flare going off in your life saying, hey, something's about to change. And maybe that changes, you're gonna go from paycheck to paycheck to knowing what a six figure month looks like. Well, that's gonna come with different responsibility. It's gonna come with different actions and it's gonna come with a level of commitment to your life and what's possible that you're not yet doing, so you know you're going to change. And so I think that if we can adjust people's relationship with fear and go, okay, is this fear or are you scared? You don't need to let fear turn into being scared. Fear is just an indication something is about to change. And I think so many people let fear turn into being scared of everything, so then they stay the same. Right. And then we have to ask ourselves, okay, are we are we seeking comfort, which is what most people are seeking, but what people actually need in today's day and age is courage. And right. so I was actually having this conversation actually about Renatus, you know, I'm I'm, I'm going to be 100% unapologetic about my love of what we've got going on with Renatus just for everyone who knows it because um, someone asked me, they said, okay, so what was Bob Snyder like? This is a fun story. I said, you know, and I love, I love setting it up this way. I love telling stories and stuff. And I say, you know, when I went there, I thought that Bob Snyder was a good man. And they go, really? And I say, now I realize he's a thousand times the person that I thought he was. And I thought he was good because, you know, there's multiple stories from the outside looking in where I saw integrity in action at a level that most people are incapable of. And it just gave me so much 
faith and love and trust for the community. And so I was telling this story and they say, well, you know, the market's correcting, Greg, I don't, I don't need Renatus. And like right now, I've just got to start batting down the hatches. And I said, you know, right now is the time to equip yourself with a financial acuity so that you know how to batten down the hatches. Cause right now you're going to go batten down the hatches with a spatula and you're using the wrong tools. I want to equip you with something that can actually get you into a winning scenario because right now you in the land of scarcity and everyone pulling back and you not equipping at a level that's appropriate. And I said, the big thing that I want people to learn and, and this is what Renatus means to me, is it is the best vehicle that I have found to provide a legacy. A legacy is the only way to live forever. So if you can equip your family with generational, st stable, predictable income, wealth, and assets, you literally can live forever. And then your family forever is going to know you as the one that changed the family stars. And that's the big thing that we need to do right now is equip people. So number one, we stop getting in these messes. And number two, when the government forces us into these messes, we have a financial fortress to where we are impervious to their decisions because we've made good decisions. And I love that the difference between the masses and the classes is the decisions. And yeah. you know, that's one thing that my, my forever moment was going into the house in the village mm. and you know they make these houses out of sticks and found plastic and they they weather seal it with animal poop like I, when they told me that i was going that is not what i expected but here's the thing that was just my i it changed me so much as we were walking through the village i kept having to tell myself this is real because it looked like a movie set. I'm like, they, these, this has to be a bunch of actors that get pulled in. They, no one lives like this. There's no way this is real. And then you just, you drive for miles and miles and you see these villages everywhere and you see what they're going through. And it just absolutely profoundly changed me because when I had a conversation with them, I can't honestly say that I live a happier life than they do. Yeah. And that's when I realized, okay, maybe maybe I can I can still adjust uh, some more things in my immediate purview because it was so fun to watch them live life, to take pride in their culture, and they sang for us. And I have a fantastic video of Bob dancing with them that I will be showing to everybody at the leadership retreat. But the the moral of the story is stuff is just it's it's like my my business partner said you know incredibly wealthy person and he said you know when i got all my money from my trust it, it the reason why i know my parents raised me right is because it didn't change me at all it just meant i had nicer stuff but i was the same person and and that's why, you know, wealth doesn't really necessarily mean happiness. I love what Zig Ziglar says. He says, you know, you know, next to oxygen, money is a little money and oxygen are a little bit the same if you're trying to operate on on ease. So, yes, it's better to have some than not, but it's not our reason. And that's why I think shifting the perspective and 
And that's honestly why I got even more passionate about Renatus, because I want to equip people with an education and an awareness that can give them peace of mind. And I think that peace and comfort are very, very different because peace usually comes from people who were willing to be uncomfortable. Like Michael Jordan's at peace with the game-winning shot in his hand. Why? Because he got more uncomfortable than everyone else on the court. And if we can help people get the financial knowledge and and that's the the thing that just really lights me up and and i mean i i signed up a really good friend of mine eileen dr eileen gallagher i've coached her for almost three years but i signed her up for renatus and she took literally just the essentials course and she makes so much money the essentials course is only two thousand dollars she makes so much money. She made some different decisions that saved hundreds of thousands of dollars. And if she would have had the same information 20 years ago, she would have saved millions. And now the price of not having the information is, I mean, way more than the cost of, of $2,000. Yeah. And so it's, it's been, it's been ex- exciting to get to know you, but that's the, the, the the thing that really struck me is the happiness in the village and the biggest difference between why I live the way I do and the why they live the way they do is education. And that's why I think that education a game changer? is such yeah. a game changer. That was, that was a huge game changer. I, I, one of our instructors really impressed something upon me. And he said, you know what, Bob? He says, maybe you need to look at Renatus just a little bit different. I thought, okay, I'm game. Mm-hmm. But what do you got? <clears throat> and he said, he said, you know, somebody wants to get educated. There's a lot of ways to get educated. He says, Heaven, they can go on YouTube. They want to learn how to boil an egg. They can go to YouTube and they can learn how to boil an egg, right? He says, but uh, he says, but take a look at like the medical industry. He says, if somebody wants to learn how to perform surgery, they don't go to YouTube, right? No. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's not just a school, but there's a whole, a whole system, a whole program that helps them to uh, develop their knowledge and their skill set so that they can make things happen in the real world with confidence. Mm-hmm. He says, what I view Renatus is, is, is not an educational company. It's an implementation company. Mm, that's good. Because we teach individuals what to do. Then we surround them with a community of individuals who are doing it so that they can see firsthand the strategies implemented mm-hmm. and making things happen. And, uh, you know, I'm really proud of what we've created. It's, it's been a, a remarkable journey, but it really, right now, the timing is so perfect because it's going to position people to take advantage of the opportunities that are in front of them. Because you mentioned the cost of opportunity. Mm. Well, listen, there's the cost of opportunity, and then there's the cost of opportunity or mm. opportunity lost. And I see a lot of folks, you know, sitting on the sidelines, watching other people get rich, wondering when it's going to be their turn. And it's because they have chosen not to move. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people who are getting so mad for not getting the results for the work they didn't do. And it's, it's fascinating that we live in this and, and, and really it's just, it's just day by day, brick by brick, just build something. And I think a lot of people, you know, I was having this conversation with, Um, one of my clients, because we kind of live in the dopamine era. And I said, you know, I think a lot of people are too busy acquiring and not building. 
And there is a huge difference between building something and acquiring stuff. Yes. Acquiring is really a horizontal thing and building is a vertical thing. And, you know, I, I pride myself on planting as many seeds as possible everywhere. I'm always in it for the long-term game. And I think, you know, that is, I love what Warren Buffett says. He says the stock market and the real estate market are really just instruments to transfer money from the impatient to the patient. And the only way for you to know how to have that happen is to have the right information. And and I remember having a conversation with our mutual friend, Sharon Lecter. And I said, you know, you're speaking for this Renata's company. What do you think? She said, Greg, it's the best education. And this is a quote, the best real estate education that you can get. I know that you're getting ready to gear up and go in there. It is the best education you can get. Now, her son was the president of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and she helped Robert Kiyosaki write 14 books. One of them, that little one called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So when she says that, I move. I was like, okay, I'm in. Let's rock and roll. And, and that's the thing. But I was I had put myself in a position to where I was around people like that to where I could really, really trust the available information. And then, you know, and then while we're in uh we're in Africa, somehow again, I end up in Africa after <laughs> just saying yes and moving. And then you know, we're sitting in uh, uh, a, a really wonderful place where we had gone on this lake ride and we got good pictures of eagles and saw hippos. And then you you invite me to come speak at the leadership retreat. And so now somehow, now I'm on my way to Costa Rica. Like how, how cool is it? And it's all because I decided to move and take action. And yeah. I love it. I love, I love it. I mean, I, you know, no matter what you, what, what you are, whether you're a wildebeest or a lion, when you wake up, you got to run. That's right. <laughs> you absolutely eat do. Or get eaten. And yep. it's a, it's a good lesson. What are, what are a couple of your other favorite moments? Just cause um, you know, for everyone listening to us, we're going to be putting a version of this on YouTube, but I am going to be putting footage and pictures of our experience oh. overlaid on us talking so i just want bob to give us a couple more nuggets so that you can you can see and experience uh some of the stuff that we did so give me you a couple what? other fun things when we went to the rhino sanctuary mm. it, i i thought that was that was really interesting because rhinos are a very feared beast but they're nearsighted so you know they they can't see far um, but they can certainly see with within their grasp and they have a, a fantastic sense of smell and they are an imposing threat. I mean, just imagine, you know, a three, 4,000 pound, you know, beast coming at you with a horn that is, I mean, absolutely deadly. Yeah. But at the rhino sanctuary, there was a, uh, a rhino that had been injured in, in a fight and lost one of its eyes. The other eye succumbed to cataracts. Um, and so this poor animal was blind mm. and it was as docile as a cow mm. and they, they brought it forward to us and they gave us all sorts of branches and leaves and we got to feed it and pet it and hug it and take pictures with it. The nature of the beast completely transformed because its sight was so limited. 
Mm. Um, its sight was taken from them. I want you to think about that. There's so many times that, you know, our sight is taken from us and with it, our vision of what we want to accomplish and what we want to achieve. And if individuals don't have a vision of what they want to accomplish, if they haven't set those goals, if they haven't set those dreams, if they're not working towards them, their very nature can change into something that is going to consign them to a life of mediocrity. I thought about that for this rhino and I thought, wow, if that rhino had its sight, we wouldn't be feeding it. We wouldn't be hugging it. We wouldn't be petting it. And we, we, we wouldn't be taking pictures with it. No, no. Wow. That's actually incredibly, uh, no pun intended, insightful. Um. (laughs) Actually, you can go ahead and say pun intended. That was actually, that was good. Pretty intended. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Give give me one more, one more moment. One more moment. Oh man. One more moment. Oh heavens. Did you find when we went to the cheetah sanctuary Mm -hmm. now, listen, I had an opportunity to see um, Jane is good all right. Yeah, man. You mean the the elephant one? No, 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 no. This was, this was actually the, the chimpanzee sanctuary. Yeah, chimpanzee. There we yeah. Go. Where we went there. I had an opportunity to see Jane speak uh, a few years ago. And, uh, and I, I loved what she had to say after her speech. She, she allowed uh, a half an hour for Q and a, and someone asked her the question. They, uh, they said, so what do you think of zoos? And they were expecting, you know, she was going to, you know, start pounding on zoos and it's terrible and it's horrible. And these poor animals need to be freed into the wild. And, and she didn't, she said, she said, listen, zoos serve a purpose. Zoos can be a very wonderful, you know, uh, a very uh, uh, a loving, caring uh, place for a lot of these animals. And she talked a little bit about chimpanzees, for instance. So she talked about the chimpanzees and said, if you want to see a brutal, competitive, um, dangerous environment, just just go see the chimpanzees interact with one another out in the wild. Well, the chimpanzees that we saw, this was this was a, an orphanage where they were brought after they'd been injured or abandoned, or mainly it was because of poachers and, and things. So they brought them there and raised them. But even in that environment, wow, we got to see how, how scary and brutal they could be, right? When the, uh, the guide who was with us passed out a few peanuts, mm-hmm. not enough for all of them. No. And the fight and the scuffle and the noise that was created because one chimpanzee didn't get a peanut and another one did, it was brutal, uh, just absolutely brutal. It is such a competitive environment. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned, because you know what, we were a few rungs up the food chain. Mm-hmm. Um, we hopefully have learned a few things over the years, is that it, we all do better when instead of a competitive environment, we create a cooperative environment. Exactly. And that's how we achieve so much more. Exactly. Yeah, I, you know, one of the things I, I talk a lot when, when I get invited to speak at organizations, And I try to help people understand there is a huge difference between a crowd and a community. Mm. So many people like the wildebeest, they follow the crowd, but they don't actually like what the person on stage or the crowd is there for. They just want to be around the crowd. And a community engages. A community helps out. A community lifts up. And 
you know, I think that is the number one thing that all impact artists or influencers, if you want to call it that, or any leader that we can see in any capacity should be really striving to do is to create a community and a right. community equips and a community encourages and a community wants to see people succeed. So like, you know, I love the statement of be very mindful of who doesn't clap when you win. Ooh. So the big thing, you know, if say someone makes a couple million dollars more than I do one year. I want to be the first person to clap for them. Cause it doesn't actually matter. I did what I did. They did what they did, but dude, that's awesome. I'm so proud of you. If we had that kind of environment, then that person who was able to figure a couple things out would come to the person clapping for them and go, here's how I did it. Here's, here's what's going on here. Here's, but if they get chastised and criticized and all of these things, if they say that all the time, then that, that person who's already ahead of you is not going to come back and reach down to try to pull you along. They're going to go, man, I don't want to put my hand next to you because you're going to bite me. Mm. It's, it's very similar. You know, one of the things that I've battled a lot, I've, I mean, I think we're, you know, 10 years into us building our school. And one of the things that will, you know, pop up from time to time is people will go, oh, that Greg guy brainwashed you or, oh, he, he, he's running a cult. And I'm like, I think you're confusing cult with culture. I'm sorry that I actually have a culture in which we do, but Amazon was a cult. Apple was a cult. No, what they did is they installed a real culture and it has nothing to do with what you think. And one of the things where, you know, my assistant gets attacked by his friend's girlfriend all the time because she thinks he's brainwashed. Get this, because she says there's no way that somebody loves their job that much. You have to be brainwashed. And he's like, why can't I just be happy? Like, I'm like, now he's going to Costa Rica with me. He's already been to, you know, Phoenix. He's been to San Diego. He's been on all these adventures with me. And we do a bunch of really cool things. He's working in his industry that he went to school for. And he's getting chastised. And I see sometimes it brings him down. But that's because he's not in a good community. They don't want to clap be because she hates her job. She's mad that he doesn't hate his job. And I just find it so fascinating that people so quickly are trying to cut people down because they don't want to see people succeed. And it's just so interesting how fast people go, oh, well, you're just brainwashing people. No, I mean, honestly, maybe their brain was a little dirty. It needed to be washed. <laughs> <laughs> needs, needs an occasional scrubbing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had a really great experience years ago. Um, because of uh, the company I was with and some of the things that I did speaking and and I had an opportunity to go out to dinner with uh, Bob Proctor and Mark Victor Hansen. Oh, great. And, you know, most folks know Bob Proctor and yeah. sometimes, you know, folks go, Mark Victor Hansen sounds familiar. Chicken soup of the soul, right? Yep. He and his yep. partner, Jack Canfield, you know, yeah. hit a home run with that one. Now there's a Absolutely. chicken soup of the soul for just about everything. But uh, we're having a conversation and I'm just a young budding entrepreneur, right? 
we're, we're in Acapulco, we're watching the Acapulco cliff divers, we're having dinner on the mountain there and having a great conversation. And Mark gave me some powerful advice. He said, Bob, he says, this is a lesson you need to really digest. He said, your net worth will very much be determined by your network. Mm-hmm. He says, it's who you hang around with, how they influence your decisions that's going to make the biggest impact on you. He says, you got to be very careful with who you allow into your inner circle because they can influence you for good or they can take you out and, and uh, lead you to a life that is not of your own design. And I'll never forget that. And I remember saying to him, I was just kind of joking around. I said, but buddy, what you're saying is, I mean, you know, I got to get rid of my friends, right? I mean, I love my friends. He says, you don't have to get rid of your friends. No, man, you're just going to find that over time you have less and less in common with them unless they're willing to come along for the ride. And I thought, well, that makes sense. And I said, well, gee, what do I do in the meantime? He said, dude, it's not that hard. You got caller ID. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, And and that's, you know, I think that's the, you know, the moral of the story is you, you have to be able to to move towards or away. And, you know, there are some people out there that are in people's lives and they're just not serving them. And, you know, some people, you know, have been so hurt in the past that they can't move towards something where they're like, oh, my gosh, this is right in front of me. And and it could be a person. It could be an opportunity. It could be, you know, a, a, a job, whatever it is. But because they stay in the land of comfort or they are in the scarcity mindset, Mm -hmm. they don't move towards it. And, you know, but the thing is, is a lot of people won't stand up for something that they they believe in and 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 they won't have real honest to God values. So they're they won't move towards something. But the same is true for most of the time. They won't move away from something. So they don't take chances on new people because they're scared to trust and they won't move away from old people who are no longer serving them or aligned with their values. Like we were talking in Africa and I said, something I've been saying a lot recently is, you know, I just identify, does this person operate at the same speed I do now, if they're constantly speeding me up, then am I actually going slow? Should I go at a higher pace or, or is it just not my wheelhouse? Um, or are they constantly slowing me down? Or are they trying to change my direction? And what I've found is, you know, instead of getting negative towards someone, I just go, ah, that person's just not really my speed. Instead of going, oh, there are this and there are this and you shouldn't do, but no, 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 they're just not my speed. Well, what does that mean, Greg? We don't go at the same pace, like yeah. for, for fast or slow or directional, they're just not my speed. And I think that's important. If we can take the negative language out of so much of, what we say on a daily basis, especially pertaining to the who we hang around, we're going to find our ourselves really, really equipping ourselves for a bright future. Kind of like what Zig Ziglar says. He says, you know, if you go out there to look for a friend, you're probably not going to find one. But if you go out there to be a friend, you're going to have more than you know what to do with. Yeah. And and that's I think that's something where you and I are similar. We sat in a, a car and we just, we like engaging with people and finding out about them. And we just, we want to help out. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really fun. Well, you know, this has been absolutely fantastic. Number one, thank you so much for allowing me to go on safari with you. Uh-huh. That was just, that was so life-changing. Um, and then number two, um, 
you know, I know that time's valuable. So thank you for hopping on the podcast and letting me share you with my community, just because every single person in my Facebook groups, um, already on my podcast and my private clients, I have literally been talking about this Bob Snyder guy. And I've been telling him, I'm like, he's going to be on the podcast. So you get to, (laughs) you get to experience him. So just thank you from the bottom of my heart for being you, man. It really, really does mean a lot. I, you know, I, man, I very much appreciate that. I, I told you, Greg, you were so nice and so complimentary. I thought, dang, every time you know, my family, you know, makes me feel, uh, well, not so important. I'm just going to call you. <laughs> <laughs> I got your back, man. I got your back. So yeah, yeah I, and I appreciate I, it. I could say the same of you. What an incredible journey we had together uh, oh, because I, I got to know you a little bit, but prior to Africa, but being able to spend all that time in the Land Cruiser together and at dinner and at meals and I, man, I just have a heightened level of respect for you, your knowledge, your understanding, your focus. Uh, That was the thing that I, I was very impressed with. I mean, you dig into a subject to become a expert in that area so that you can help empower others. You're my kind of people. I'm glad you're here and uh, can't wait to see how our journey unfolds. Oh, this is going to be, this is going to be great. I, I guarantee you, this is probably just part one with Bob Snyder. He's uh he will probably uh, make a return visit every so often on the final percent podcast. But, you know, if, if you, if you have any questions about uh, what Bob Snyder and I are up to, we're going to a leadership retreat uh, for Renatus and just anyone out there in my community, if you want more information about equipping you at a better sense, and just so you know, this is not just real estate. It's just one of the investment instruments, but they have, you know, sales, they have, you know, the, the drive system by Woody Woodward. I, I mean, I, I watched him at nationals and oh my goodness, he's just one of my favorite speakers I've heard in a very long time. And uh, it helps you with taxes, Mark Kohler, uh, setting up a trust. If you don't have the, what Mark Kohler, Kohler calls the trifecta guys, you are missing out and you're not protecting yourself at, at a high level. If you want to know what that means, I would love to have a conversation with you. So just reach out to me, Greg at the final percent.com. I'd love to have that initial conversation with you so that you can see what kind of community. And I use that word very deliberately because I have not seen a community like this in any organization I have either spoken for, uh, helped equip, uh, or built myself. And what is happening here is special. And we would love to see if you're a good fit and see if we can, you know, lock arms and, and really do, like you said, I love design your life, design your, your, your future. And so Mm -hmm. just thanks for what you're creating. Thanks for who you are. And, uh, I'll see you in Costa Rica, man. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. And I, and I very much appreciate that too. And you know what? Just, just in parting, the thought hit me. Listen, you need to talk to Greg to find out why I am excited about inflation, right? You need to talk to Greg to find out why I am excited about interest rates going up. You need to talk to Greg to find out why I am excited about a recession, and, uh, you know, and the opportunities that are afforded us in real estate to capitalize on all of that. But like Greg has said so eloquently so many times during this discussion, you got to be equipped. Yeah, you have to be equipped. And, and, and quite frankly, it's, you know, 2008 made more millionaires than, you know, almost any time in history. And, you know, we're, 
And all the people who did that, it's not that they were just at the right place at the right time. In fact, a lot of people, we were, we were at the wrong place at the wrong time. It's just all of those people had the right information. They knew how to navigate the tumultuous waters. We have some waters coming up that are a bit tumultuous, but here's the thing. If you're equipped with the right captain and you're equipped with the right guide, I mean, like Bob said, you know, we'll, we'll sum it up here. If Bob and I were in a land cruiser alone in Africa, we probably wouldn't see very many animals. Number <laughs> one, number one, I'd be fussing with technology and Bob would be driving way too fast. He would not, he would scare them all away. <laughs> but the, the thing is we had a guide who, who took us to the places where we could have the experience and having a guide is incredibly, incredibly important and i think that a lot of people have a compass so you know what true north is you know where you need to go and you know that getting your financial uh your financial intellect you know really installed you know that you need that you know that real estate is the best tool to use for a legacy project called life however right now everyone's looking at their compass and they're going Oh my God, this thing's telling me to climb Mount Everest. Okay, well, you know, you know where you need to go. Now it's time to hire the Sherpa to make sure that you traverse Everest properly. And I think that's why knowing your direction is very important. But the thing is, you don't always know the terrain you're going to be going on. So just because you know your direct your direction doesn't mean you're equipped to traverse the terrain. And that's where having a guide is so important. That's what I do for mindset coaching. Bob's done for, you know, so many people, both directly and indirectly on guiding them to a completely different future and equipping them with the knowledge of wealth and, 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 and health with Ron Williams. I mean, there's a health component inside of Renatus. Again, guys, this is not just real estate. This is something that equips you at a level that I don't think very many people understand how incredible it is. So if you want to find out why you are right now at the right place at the right time, you just aren't aware of the possibilities, give us a call and uh, let's, let's equip you and have that first conversation. Like I always say, you are one conversation away from changing your entire life. And I would love to have that conversation with you. So, and here's another conversation that we had that just changed my life and probably many <laughs> other people. So, thank you Thanks, so Greg. much, Bob. I really, really appreciate it. You well, are it goes both ways, man. Can't wait to see you soon in Costa Rica. Costa Rica. See Everybody you soon. else, man, have a great day. The